And to you, I say good morning. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Another day, another month, the last month of the year, Christmas around the corner. So much to do, so little time. My good, actually, that reminds, so what is that from Willy Wonka? Doesn't he say, so little to do, so much time. Wait, stop, strike that, reverse it. Makes me want to confess to you right here on this podcast, that I do want to go see the new uh, Wonka movie. The It's supposed to be a prequel. It's like the origin story of Willy Wonka starring, uh, what's the kid, the handsome kid, Timothy Chalamet. Yes, starring Timothy Chalamet. I, I see it. It looks good. My wife, once again, has asked me what I would like for Christmas. My answer, and I shit you not when I tell you, my answer to what I want for Christmas is... is <laughs> I want to go to the movies. Not not just any movie. Hold on, sorry, I gotta get adjusted. I'll tell you why in a second here. Uh, but I I uh, I want to go. I just want my wife to just give me kind of like a pass. And on like either the week, like either the twenty third of December, which I think is a Saturday, or like maybe first thing on the twenty fourth, Christmas Eve, or. Probably not Christmas Eve, but maybe then, like, the night of the 25th or even the morning of the 26th if we don't end up uh, working at my place. I just want to go to the movies. I want my wife to be like, hey, have fun. And I just get, like, three hours to just get in my car by myself, drive to see a movie I want to see, buy popcorn, watch a movie, and then go home. (laughs) That's all I want for Christmas. I asked my wife what she wants for Christmas, and she would like for us to replace our fireplace in our home with a gas fireplace. So a slight different in financial commitment in what we each want from our our, uh, Christmas presents. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, what do I have to... I want to tell you about the 26th because I need your advice and work. I want to tell you about why I, I am where I am right now because I'm in a unique spot. I am once again attending amateur hour. Not bagels this time, though. I am sitting outside of the University of Rochester Blood Lab at Clinton Crossings. And um, shout out to the great, wonderful, talented Lauren Henry, by the way, because I do see on the sign here that it also says Pinnacle Hill Chiropractic. But I am uh, I'm waiting to give blood in a little while here. It's it's uh, I'm doing the thing, right? I was supposed to fast for 8 to 12 hours. So, of course, I went for 13 hours. That's how I do. And... Um, so I want to obviously get in here right at eight o'clock and do blood so that I can go home and, uh, and, and go on with my life today. We're taking Leo to our annual trip to the Medina railroad museum to the polar express experience, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then later today, unfortunately we have the calling hours for Lou Bouchard jr. My grandfather in law, um, those calling hours are from four until 7 PM. Uh, which I, I um, am, am, you know, it, it, it's weird what you say you're looking forward to. I am looking forward to the calling hours. It's nice to see everybody come together. I like seeing memory. Um, last night I was with the whole family at my, uh, at his wife. My, it's not, he was on his second wife, so I don't know that she's my grandmother-in-law, but she's a very special lady um, named Rosemary, who he was married to. We were at her house, and the whole family was over at that house, like both sides of the family and just a ton of people and just... It was uh, it was really nice, and it has gotten to the point where people are sharing happy memories, which I love too, because that's the type of person I am. I want happy memories shared, um, and people tend to get sad. Um, but you know, it, 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 
happy memories, I think, is the way to go when mourning. If possible, it's it's easy, though, because for me to say, because everybody mourns in their own way, and we don't have to go down that road, because I do think you're going to get a different opinion from every person alive on how you should mourn. But anyway, busy day today, so I said, well, let me get the blood work done first thing. So I'll fast. It's nice and easy. Fasting overnight, that's pretty much the trick. Everybody, that's how they do it, right? The, the Where I say I'm here for amateur hour is because I was the amateur last time. What I did last time is I showed up here at about 7.45 a.m. They opened at 8. And I sat in my car and I looked at that door and I said to myself, this is great. I'm go- I am golden. I'm good. I'm, in li- I'm the only one in line here. There is nobody else in this damn line. I am going to be in first. This will be nice and easy. Look at me. I figured it out. Well, of course... There were some other cars in the parking lot, and a couple other cars filtered in, but no worries, right? Eight o'clock rolls around, I'll go up there, I'll be one of the first people. Where I say it was amateur hours because I was exposed for my amateur ignorance that day, when at around 7.58, like a bunch of zombies from The Walking Dead, about 15 people emerged from their cars and all made their way to that door at the exact same time, and I was still sitting in my car. Looking down at my phone, I looked up, I saw that, I was just a step or two too, a step or two too late, and I went, oh my god, these are professionals. They knew what to do. They knew to get up and get out of their cars two minutes early. So you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to get out of my car five minutes early. And I'm here very early. It's uh, yeah, I'm here like a half hour early because I uh, uh, you know, don't want to miss that. I, and I brought my earbuds and a big jacket, so I'm like, screw that. And this is my this is my logic, by the way, right? This is what this is so twisted and wrong. But my logic is, I'm going screw this. I am not going to wait in this line. So instead of waiting in line for 45 minutes, what have I done, ladies and gentlemen? What have I done? I have gotten here <laughs> almost 45 minutes early because I wanted to record the podcast and decided, well, I'll just wait 45 minutes before then, so that I don't have to wait 45. But the whole idea is I want to be done as close to 8 o'clock as possible. So I guess it works. I don't know. I still end up sitting here a long time waiting to give blood. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Anyway. The other thing I wanted to bring up that came up while I was talking to you about Christmas was the idea of December 26th. Weird day this year because it's on a Tuesday. Well, not weird. I shouldn't say it's weird. Next year. I was looking at the calendar for next year. And it's weird because I think next year there's some holidays that fall right in the middle of weeks, which does make it tough to figure out what days to give people off. Um, So this year, the 26th on a Tuesday, Monday, the 25th, obviously Christmas. That's easy. That's a gimme. That's a uh, that's an off day. That's a paid holiday. I have this thing and I need you to tell me, am I too soft or not? But I don't like having people work the day after Christmas. It has always to me felt uh, a little depressing, or if they do have to work the day after Christmas, maybe it's not, you know, first thing in the morning. I just, I, this, this is definitely me injecting my own personal views into things, but I feel like whatever I have to do the next day always weighs on my head, always does. That's how I go through my entire life and always have. And I want people to enjoy Christmas, and so I don't want them to have to work the next day. And that's just where I'm coming from on that. That being said, you know, the financial implications of just giving a paid holiday are real. The financial implications become uh, now all of a sudden you're paying for Now, what you could do is you could do an optional thing. What we could do is I could call it an office day. 
I'm going to go to work. I'm going to be there all day. And employees have the option to come in. And if they do come in, I will have some sort of an assignment for them. Because even if we don't do production that day, there's always things that need to be done, like deep clean, inventory, things like that. So that's one idea. The other thing is allowing, maybe setting up a goal and allowing them to earn it, earn the day off. And it's hard to figure out how to do those goals as well because it needs to be something objective as opposed to subjective. So it can't just be like my opinion on something. Um, There is, you know, I mean, you can always do it as a financial or a production goal. Hey, we got 100% of production done. Therefore, we're going to be off on the 26th. That's about the best guess I have so far is maybe to just say, here's the goal I want us to get to in terms of production. You know, here's the number. And every day we'll track it. We have a whiteboard. We do a 9 o'clock meeting every morning. We'll track it every single day. And um, we we will, uh, you know, if we hit 100%, we hit 100%. I don't know. Anyway, we have an all-staff meeting this week on Tuesday, and I'd I'd like to know by then. So if anyone has any ideas, I'll take it. But I'm looking for incentives or ways to make everyone kind of, like, earn the 26 off. I don't want to just give it off. I feel like, I feel like... There's got to be something back. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let me know. Let me know what you think. So, yes, that's that's what I'm doing right now, just waiting in line so that later I don't have to wait in line. Does that sound insane to you? It does. It sounds insane to me. Uh, I have beef, changing subjects really quick. I have beef with the fact that the DNC, or I guess the DNC doesn't do it, but they do provide a link, but a beef with the fact that the health department posts restaurant inspection reports. And I'll explain why. <coughs> the thing that the health department should do, should have to do, is that they shouldn't... Well, I guess let me back up a second. The way they post them is they'll post something where if they find a violation of any kind they will write out the entire regulation and say that the the restaurant failed and that this is the regulation they failed. The regulations are very long. Sometimes the regulations are several phrases, sentences, even a paragraph long. So if you are just a regular person and you're reading and you type in your favorite restaurant and you go in there, it looks as though your favorite restaurant has violated far more than they've actually violated. When in reality, there may have been something small that did violate a, um, a a regulation, and then that regulation becomes the thing they violated, and then the health department posts the entire regulation and says they are in violation of this regulation. And it's like, seventy three different things. I also think, and this is probably, this is, I'm sure this is a bad idea, but I'm just, now I'm just ranting. I also think that maybe we should consider allowing the restaurants to respond. All I'm saying is, I've been on the other sides of inspections, and here's a couple of things I know. One thing, and inspectors hate this, but they know it's true. There's, I'm going to give you two things that inspectors, actually, I'm going to give you two things that inspectors hate, but gun to their head, man, I'm telling you, it's true. They will not tell you you're wrong. They just don't like when you bring it up. Number one, an inspector will always find something. They have to. They absolutely have to find something. Otherwise, it's like they didn't do their job, right? Number two, it varies from inspector to inspector. 
You heard it here correctly, folks. They don't like it. You tell them that, and they get mad. But one inspector thinks A, the next inspector thinks B, and there's certainly plenty of common ground. I mean, there are some things that are just very much so universal, and every inspector thinks that, right? The the really big important stuff, for example, rodents, non-potable water, these are two big deals, right? Rodents, I think you know what I'm talking about when I say rodents, obviously, mice, vermin, anything like that in a production or a food area is going to be a violation. Every inspector will tell you that's a violation, okay? So that's not what I'm talking about. Non-potable water, in case you know what I'm talking about, is, you know, is your, where what source is your water coming from? In, like, 99% of cases, it's going to be Monroe County, at least in, you know, this area. And uh, Monroe County publishes their water reports right on their website um, to prove, basically, the cleanliness of the water. If you were getting your water out of a well... That could be a big problem. You would need to be running all kinds of reports and safety um, uh, things on that water. You'd need to be filtering that water somehow. And then, of course, something that would get you shut down, which I've literally never heard of once. But just in theory, if this were to be happening, is if you were using, like, water out of the river, <laughs> like, that would be, you know, that would, get you, that would get you shut down pretty fast. And every inspector will agree that that'll get you shut down pretty fast. Okay. But then you get to the next level of stuff, which is the nitpick stuff, which the truth is you can nitpick any kitchen you walk into. Guys, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not here to hide anything. You come to Craft Cannery, we are operating in a safe, quality food environment. But I can tell you right now, and I'm going to share one with you, uh, there are occasionally things you could nitpick. Of course there are. When you're making food and you're making it fast like you are at any restaurant on a Saturday night or at a food manufacturing facility like ours during the day, there's going to be messes that need to be cleaned up. And at any given time, there could be a mess that was just created that hasn't been cleaned up yet or a mess that was created. And then next thing you know, it's been five minutes. It's been 10 minutes. Somebody needs to clean up that mess. And good facilities like ours and like many of these restaurants, good facilities, they will clean those messes. They'll get there. But sometimes you just need five minutes. Just give me five minutes. Just let me finish this order for somebody. Let me get it out, and then I'll clean up that little mess that we just made. An egg fell on the floor. Sure, I get it. An egg fell on the floor. That stinks. We're going to clean up the egg. But you know what? This meal is three-quarters of the way through, and I don't want to burn the steak to go with the steak and the eggs. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to finish this meal real quick. Now there's an egg on the ground for three, four, maybe even five minutes. Hey, guys, I'll get that egg. I dropped it. That's on me. Just give me a second. Let me plate this meal. That happens all the time. All the time. And when an inspector comes in, they see that. Now, all of a sudden, you have an egg on the ground. That's not cleanliness. You've got food on the ground not being attended to. Oh, and guess what? It's an allergen because it's an egg. Oh, now you have cross-contamination issues because, wait a second, that egg being on the ground, well, somebody could step in that egg. Well, what do you do for food? Excuse me. What do you do for foot sanitization? Now, do you sanitize the feet you're walking? Are people walking around in little booties or are they just walking around in their regular? They're walking around in their regular shoes and they may step an egg. Well, wait a second. Well, what happens then later now they have egg contaminant on their foot if they step on something else and then that contaminates something else and then that contaminates something else. Oh, this is a violation of a... You'll get inspectors that'll do that to you. I'm telling you. I know. How annoying was that? Did you hear everything I just said the last 30, 40 seconds? you want to know how annoying that was? I have been around that. That exists. 
it does exist. F- frankly, we we have a current inspector who is a little bit like that uh, at, at my plant. Um, he's uh, now I'm getting scared because <laughs> I don't want to talk shit. <laughs> but he's uh, he is he is ultimately a good guy who's just interested in doing his job and keeping the public safe, and I appreciate that very much. I think that's fantastic, but also that whole little scenario that I just kind of blew out of proportion for you. It's not a, it's not unheard of <laughs> that, he, that you would get that out of a guy. You know, he's kind of what if. And my favorite response is always, I don't know. What if an asteroid hit the building? We don't have a plan for that either. You know, like what is, what are we doing? You know, anyway, um, what was it this week? He actually, he kind of like stopped me and my right hand man, young Nicholas, uh, in the middle of work, we're both busy. We're both sitting at our desks, pounding away at stuff that's important. And the inspector wanted to interrupt us and have our full attention because he was hoping that we would print out portions of our HACCP plan that were only currently available digitally. Full access digitally. He wanted them printed out and placed in the physical HACCP plan so that he wouldn't have to go digitally. And he wanted to interrupt us for that. And, you know, we're just kind of going like, hey, give us, you know, give us a few minutes. And he, you know, he didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't like that. He wanted it. All right. Now I'm going too far. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm going to stop real quick because the truth is good relationships with most of, and if not, I would dare say all of my inspectors, I have good relationships with them all. I respect them. I think they respect us. This all started with me talking more about restaurants and health department and what I don't like is that they list out the entire code in a way that I think makes it look like the restaurants have done worse than they've actually done. Um, Let me, hold on. Oh, I want to actually, and this is me being unprepared. I want to know if I could maybe pull one up here. Uh, Let's see, restaurant inspections, Rochester. Because I kind of want to give you an example if I could. Okay. All right. So first of all, I love how easy they make it for you to look up. All right. So let's take... Uh, wow. Okay. So first of all, I click on it, and I'm show- and I'm seeing them all. And they're very updated. I mean, it's got December 1st on here, and today's December 3rd, right? So it's got everything on here. But I am seeing... Very, very well known. And look here, here. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to click on it before I tell you who I'm talking about. Okay, exactly. Here we go. You ready? Exactly. Um, I'm clicking on one from December first, and what you have here is you have all their inspections they've ever had. First of all, I can scroll all the way back to 2018. Jeez, I can go even beyond that. But they just had one on the first. They had one what's considered minor violation. And the minor violation was, and I'm going to point something out to you, uh, else out to you here, but the minor violation was food contact surfaces not washed, rinsed, and sanitized after each use and following any time of operations when contamination may have occurred. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. What happened is they witnessed a food contact surface that they wished had been cleaned a little better. But instead, they've written out food contact surfaces not washed, rinsed, and sanitized after each use 
and following any time of operations when contamination may have occurred. That's not what happened. That's the code written out word for word. What happened was they saw something they wished was cleaner. Okay, welcome to any kitchen ever to exist. And then they write out the code to make it sound like to me and you that at this particular restaurant, they were just repeatedly not cleaning a food contact surface. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Ah, tough. Anyway, uh, I no, I just Googled Rochester restaurant inspections. And there's, so, you know, and you can see a lot on here. And there's, uh, they have reds and yellows. Reds are considered critical. I'm going to click on this restaurant, which is another very well-known Rochester restaurant. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to read to you exactly what they, so they got, uh, one red meaning one critical. And I don't know if I'll read this whole thing out cause this could get a little boring, but listen to what they wrote about this restaurant. They wrote food workers do not use proper utensils to eliminate bare hand contact with cooked or prepared foods. Okay. They didn't wear gloves food, but which by the way, depending on what we're preparing, sometimes there is a kill step still to come. So let's say you take a hamburger patty that you're about to cook on a grill and you might use bare hands. Wouldn't you think that's about to get cooked and there would be a kill step? Okay, honestly, that's over my head. I don't know what I'm talking about there, but maybe. So they write that. Then they say food contact services not washed, rinsed, and sanitized after each use. It's the same regulation we just saw. Hand washing facilities inaccessible, inoperable, low... Inoperably located, improperly located, excuse me, dirty, in disrepair, improper fixtures, soap and single service towels, or hand drying devices missing. So, again, they've written out the entire violation, but probably what actually happened was one of those things. They needed to restock paper towels. Uh, food not protected during storage, preparation, display, transportation, and service from potential sources of contamination. Example, food uncovered, mislabeled, stored on floor, missing or inadequate sneeze guards, food containers double stacked. So look at what that violation says. All that stuff, a regular member of the public thinks they do all that. In reality, they probably did one of those things. And a couple of those things are probably not that crazy. Let's look at this. Food double stacked. You ever do that in your fridge at home? Is it ideal? No. Non-food contact surfaces and equipment are improperly designed, constructed, installed, maintained. Equipment not readily accessible for cleaning, surface, and not smooth finish. Oh, that's a tough one because now they're making you spend money. (laughs) Single-service items reused, improperly stored, dispensed, and not used when required. Not sure exactly what that means, but I'm thinking like um, tasting spoons. Like a lot of times on a a, uh, cook line, you'll see a bunch of spoons so that the, the cooks and the chefs can taste things as they go. But uh, that, I th- so when they say single service items reused, so reused would be disgusting. That's double dipping. I'm not going to lie. Improperly stored, dispensed, and not used when required. Huh. I don't know what that one is. And then accurate thermometers not available are used to evaluate refrigerated or heated storage temperatures. All right, listen, that restaurant didn't do super well, but see, look how even... <laughs> But look how, see, even even me, who is sitting here going, ah, yeah, you know, I'm sitting here going, all these violations, they just write out the whole violation. They don't tell you exactly what happened. 
in each one of these situations, by the end of that, though, they had me convinced this restaurant was a little bit dirty. But it's because of the full violation. Because now my mind starts to make up things. I just fell for it. I fell for exactly what I was telling you I'm worried people fall for. And that is I read all those words that they wrote there. And, of course, what happens is I start making up scenarios in my head and I start getting grossed out by potential ideas of what maybe might have happened. And in reality, I would just like to hear in plain language what exactly happened. What was the exact thing? And because also, there is this this sort of tug of war that I think might happen where an inspector, and again, that all that I just read you, that was from a very, very high-end Rochester restaurant, okay? An inspector gave them that, all of that that you just heard, and didn't shut them down. You could have been there eating dinner while that inspection occurred. They found all of that, and that inspector still found no reason for you not to receive your meal from that kitchen. So could we please just get to a a sort of a happy medium here where either the restaurant gets to respond, maybe just, you know, 100 words... That way restaurants can't just go on and on and on and it doesn't become Yelp or Google reviews. But could we just get to a point where maybe the restaurant gets to respond underneath that with a 100-word response or something that just gives them the chance to put in their two cents? You know, like that's what I'm looking for. There's been a couple of restaurants, these ones I'll name because they were in the news, that did get shut down for food safety concerns. Uh, Chen Garden, uh, both very close to me, by the way, Chen Garden in Brighton and also uh, uh, Balsam Bagels in Brighton. In both situations, those restaurants are as busy as ever. It's not a death blow to get shut down or to run into an issue. We had an issue um, about a few years ago with labeling at our place, too, where we actually had to stop making something right in the middle of a run. Because that we found there to be a labeling issue, which was a big labeling issue. This was, see, this was absolutely 100% a reason to shut down. It was that we had, uh, what did we find? I think we found that an allergen was not, was not disclosed on the label. Yeah, we were putting an ingredient. I remember exactly what it was, actually. We were putting ingredient into a sauce that had dairy as a sub-ingredient to something you wouldn't otherwise know. So it had chicken base or chicken concentrate in the sauce. And that chicken base contained a dairy. And you, as somebody who's lactose intolerant or just allergic to dairy, wouldn't have known that. You wouldn't necessarily think chicken base to have dairy. So, all right, anyway. Oh, man, you know, I can feel it sometimes when I'm not having the world's best podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe we laid an egg this week. I don't know. We might have. We might have laid an egg this week. I apologize if we did. You don't like talking about food safety and restaurant inspections? (laughs) I remember, actually. Here's how I know for a fact this podcast sucked. You ready? I remember trying to convince Wheeze that we should do this set on the air once and him just being like, no, that's a terrible idea. And uh, maybe it would be better with, you know, feedback, live phone calls, things like that, and, 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 uh, you know, other people injecting their opinions. Because then you could do other angles too you could say well what's the worst thing you've ever ever experienced at a restaurant i could tell you this what i've experienced at a restaurant what i've seen experienced a bunch of times is just hair getting into food i just think i just wish people would be more diligent i hate to say this too this is such a bad thing for me to say but it's it's always long hair 
which doesn't always mean it's coming from a female, but more often than not, probably coming from a female. And as somebody who lives with, oh, let me end this by burying myself even further. As somebody with, who lives with a female who sheds, who I can't even believe has hair on top of her head because of how much hair we find in the shower. Let me tell you a little story about this week. God, this is a podcast where I just get myself in trouble. This is called the, we're going to call this the shit talk podcast because I just can't stop <laughs> saying things that are going to get me in trouble. Uh, I came home one day this week. My wife announced that she had to call a plumber while I had been at work and that the plumber had a quite a uh, difficult time getting a clog out. It was something we were unable to get out with Drano. Uh, we do own a snake. I don't think she used it, but I do think in retrospect, this probably was beyond a snake. It was maybe just a little too far down. It was beyond our expertise. We can snake a little bit. I don't think we can snake like, you know, a power snake through my entire house. <clears throat> um, she had paid a bunch of money, you know, three figures. She had paid three figures for a plumber to come and get this clog out of our shower. And then she said, um, and she had paid for it because she was home, right? So she had paid for it. I had not even been aware it was happening. She said, well, I need you to Venmo me half the money. And I said, oh, okay. Wait, why? She said, because it's our clog. We clogged that. I said, oh, oh, oh okay. All right. We clogged the shower. <clears throat> we, did you, I'm sorry, did you just insinuate that we clogged the shower? Because every single night when I get in that shower, I see hair that makes me wonder how I am not married to a bald woman. That's the amount of hair I see. And this is something that happens about once a year. We get a nice little clog, clog a Rudy. And we, and ultimately I did not even come close to winning that argument because happy life, happy wife. Would you rather be right? Would you rather be happy? <sighs> you know, part of me is thinking right now, I should just delete this podcast and start over because this one's just going to get me in all kinds of trouble. But what are we going to do? You know, we're going to go have a great family day. Polar Express. Calling hours later today. Terrible reason to get everybody together, but you got to look at the silver lining and the fact that everybody's together. By the way, calling hours are at 4 o'clock, and the Cleveland Browns do also play at 4 o'clock. So there's that. There's the potential, speaking of getting in trouble today, that I have a cell phone strategically positioned somewhere in that funeral home streaming the Browns game. So one good thing about uh, NFL Sunday ticket being on YouTube TV this year is I can pretty much easily pull up that Browns game from this funeral home. Question is whether or not I'm going to be killed for doing it, but I'm going to try. I'm sure as shit going to try. All right, we're getting close to uh, 7.45 here, so I'm going to get out of the car. I'm going to start waiting. Actually, there's no other cars here yet, though, so I don't know. Thank you for listening. I love you. We'll talk next week.